bad advice. This is Demystified, solving DM mysteries in 20 minutes or less because the only hard part is scheduling the next session. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Joey. And I'm Asaf. Today, we're going to talk about bad advice that we've heard in one form or another. Bad advice is out there. It shows up in memes, on Twitter, in the internet, from your friends, from your forums, all over the place. Let's talk about that. So much bad advice. So much out there. So easy to fall for it, too. Even even I will see something out there that looks cool, looks like it would be a good idea at first. But then once you actually think about what's being proposed. It's also really easy to accidentally give some bad advice because it's some bad advice is bad because it's incomplete. And without knowing the context of what someone's coming into, when you give them some advice, they might be missing something that you think they have. And then if they just heard your advice, yeah, it's bad. It's not the complete picture. First off, what's the first bad piece of advice you ever came across? One of the ones that I always get mad when I hear it is that the DM should know all the rules. You don't need to know all the rules. No, it's impossible to always know all the rules right off the top of your head. It's important to know the three like basic things of D&D, which is attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. If you know those three things and how they work, you can get by. Yeah. Hearing a lot of the expectations out there that the DM should be the one that knows char- like character powers, should know character abilities, should know what happens when this obscure thing comes up. It's impossible. It's impossible to know everything, and it, it rarely ever comes up. Realistically, it's okay to just make up stuff on the fly if it makes sense and just be consistent. It's know? good to know other rules, and I don't think you should keep yourself from knowing as much as you can about the game. But before you, you dive into learning every racial ability and every class feature... Just make sure you understand the basics. Yeah. If you've been DMing for a long time, you're going to pick up a lot of the rules. It's going to happen. But when you're first starting out and someone says to you, you have to know the Dungeon Master's Guide front and back and you have to know that's going to make you not want to do it. (laughs) It's bad. I would almost say that might have been it's not necessarily bad advice, but it's misquoted and maybe misappropriate is by the DMG that people say by the player's handbook, by the monster manual, by the DMG and then start running a campaign. But if you buy that at retail price, you're $150 into the DMG, which is not necessarily something that you are going to be using. Yeah, you don't need the DMG if you're going to be running your own homebrew style games. There are The thing that is in the DMG that you're going to want are magic items. That's There are magic items in the Dungeon Master's Guide that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. There are a lot of magic items in the basic rules, but if you're running, if you are running like a pre-written adventure, they're going to reference the Dungeon Master's Guide quite a lot. Yeah. It's also having it and being able to look through it. It's important, like you said, with the magic items, but you can look things up as they come up, not necessarily at the table, but you can sit there and say, we're going to, this is something we've never dealt with. This is how we're going to handle it today. I'm going to look it up later or someone can look it up later and we can do it the right way next time. So you don't need to know everything before you play. Right. Yeah, that goes back to not knowing all the rules. However, I would recommend if you are prepping for a session to know the hazards and things that are going that may come up in the session that you are unsure about. Yeah, that goes to the other one. The other rule is don't prep, don't over prep, don't prep. That's 
terrible advice. Yeah, we have a list of bad advice that we like came up with beforehand. The first was don't break the rules. Although looking at it now, I am looking at it like, is it worse to say don't break the rules or do break the rules? Because we're not Sith here and only Sith deal in absolutes. I would say don't purposely break rules for the sake of breaking them. It's okay to break them if you don't know the rule and you don't want to stop the game to learn it. But if you know the rule and like this is a dumb rule and you break it on purpose, that might not be a good idea because you, there could be repercussions or side effects that you're not aware of. And you want to keep in mind that the part of DMing is improvising and adjusting and being flexible and making changes on the fly. It is okay to break the rules if, say, you know that the party isn't going to beat the DC for this next check, but it requires them to beat it to get some critical information. You can lower the DC for that check. If it's they're whipping their attack rolls against an enemy and it is wrecking the team, lower the HP. Or I wouldn't say lower the AC because that might be, they might recognize that, but you can do stuff to make the encounter easier. Yeah, you could put an environmental thing in there that causes the AC to go down or something like that. But yeah, there's ways to deal with it. It's all about consistency. If you disagree with a rule, be consistent in how you disagree with it and consistently make it irrelevant or make it changed. That might be the type of thing that you would show up to your campaign with and say, hey, as a DM, I don't like this rule. So this is a campaign customization. And that's something that you want to yeah make sure that the players know ahead of time. Otherwise, like if you want to make changes to the game without letting the players know, make it changes to things that they don't know about, like the player, like a creature's hit points, challenge DCs, saving throws on enemies, right. and damage yeah. that they deal. And if you if you need a new rule to replace this one, if you adjust that stuff behind the scenes, never tell the table. Yeah, if you're gonna make up a rule or change a rule on the fly that the players are going to know you changed tell them that you're going to do it if, if you can't be consistent right if it's something that's we're going to try this out i've never done this we're going to see how it works let them know that and say if it doesn't work we're going to go back to the other way right we're, we're just trying it out that's one way to get around the now i'm stuck doing this forever this way type thing right and i maybe for the last word on this particular piece of advice if you don't know the rule and you're in the middle of combat you're in the middle of flow make a ruling on it announce it out loud that you're not really sure what's going on but make a ruling on it in the situation and then at the start of next session make a note that says okay so last time this thing happened i looked it up and here's what should have happened but we're gonna roll with it and then so in the future we're doing it this way according to the book yeah yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. Okay. We mentioned it a couple minutes ago. Don't over prep or don't under prep. <laughs> yeah. I see that a lot where it's people will say, how much do I need to prep? Or I've, people will ask that question. And some of the answers that people get will be like, don't prep anything because the players are going to totally ignore you, whatever you prep, and it's going to be a waste. It's ter terrible idea because improv is good. But only improv is bad. Right. Yeah. You want to at least make sure you have some kind of a challenger encounter or some kind of event prepared to at least get the party in the direction that you need them to be going in. Yeah. And no matter what you prep, if they don't know that you prepped it, 
it can come up later. You can always, you, yeah, you can always flip that wizard's tower upside down and then turn it into an arcane cavern. Yeah. Or maybe at some point the next session or the session later or the session later, have them go to the wizard's tower and you've already prepped it. You remember all of it. You have the notes on it. That's one session you don't have to prep for. Unfortunately, this is one of those things that just comes with experience. My approach is it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. But at the same time, uh, you'll learn over time where your party likes to look, what rocks they like to flip over, what logs they like to crawl over. And so after having to improv your third Sam Smeargle little goblin kobold friend in the tavern, you'll start prepping those guys because your players are just going to be attracted to them. Yeah, but realistically, prep can fall into two categories. The stuff that you know that they're going to do this coming session, like the location, the major encounters they're going to have, stuff like that. And if they don't come to it, then fine, you've saved it. But then there's also some like generic stuff that you might want to prep, like a list of NPC names or stuff like that. Things that, that may come up are likely to come up, and that stuff you'll develop as you go. Right. Rewards. Uh, don't forget to prep yes. reward. Yeah. Roll it on the spot. <laughs> I consider there to be session prep, and then there's DM screen prep, where you can take stuff and tape it to the back of your DM screen, and those NPC names, the reward tables, all kinds of stuff that you can tape to the back of your DM screen. Super useful, even if you don't use it every session. Having a list of names generated is very handy. Otherwise, you're just like, every character is Sam. Every character. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a different Jimmy, though. It's a different Jimmy. Different Jimmy. Different Bob. Different Steve. All right. So speaking of Sam Smeargle, the meme goblin, learn D&D through memes. It's not actual advice, but there are memes that appear to teach you about E, and usually they're wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's so many out there. There's one where, like, you can launch, turn a pebble into a boulder and shoot it out of a gun or mm -hmm. something like that. Come on. When you really break these things down, they don't work. And there's so many of them out there. Yeah. The, I just saw one today where it was, like, the cat. It was a picture of a, a, like, a countryside and then a giant cat. And it was, like, when the cat jumps up on the battle map. Yeah. And I'm just, like, as funny of image that is... You can't actually do that in game. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. And that's people who play D and D are going to think that's hilarious, but that trying to incorporate something like that in a game, it's not going to go anywhere. Meme builds. Don't meme try builds. any meme builds. They yeah. don't work. Yeah, they don't work, especially not since three five. Three five was like the golden age. Three and three five were the golden age of meme builds. But my personal favorite are the ones that are all about character. Like, what is it? Your first meme or your first character is a broody dark hunter or whatever. And your hundredth character is a wizard piece of garlic bread that uses mage hand to carry itself around. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's amusing, but don't actually try and do that. Yeah. Okay. So as a DM, I'm going to I'm going to attribute this one to the Matt Mercer effect. Different voices. Yeah, I've heard this one was more like an expectation that I've heard some players want or say that they look for to DM is that they have lots of different voices to their characters, the NPCs. And I've tried it. It is hard. It is. I can it's never fun. 
Well, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard to keep up with voices unless like the if you can keep track of your voices. Yeah, I've if you have three or four reoccurring NPCs and you're capable of making a few notes about them and keeping track of it forever, that's one thing. But I've seen some DMs where it's like they have a, a different voice for every basically every NPC. And I'm just like, I can't keep track of more than two. And even then I lose it halfway through a conversation accents i always lose the act. yeah so if you or if your players are expecting you to be some sort of epic performer when you're really supposed to be a facilitator of the shared story it's like how many voices are you bringing to the table <laughs> yeah i've had players like and myself included but lots of players where they're like their character is their own voice yeah <laughs> yeah so why are we putting that on the dm another one rule of cool I hate the rule of cool. <laughs> I think we all do. I think it is grossly misunderstood to the point where people think they can get away with whatever. Yeah. Rules are important. It's what keep, holds the game together. It's what prevents anyone from stealing the spotlight. It keeps all the players on an even playing field and the DM as well. It also sets expectations for each other based on the rules, the capabilities of your character and the capabilities of other characters. You may not know what they can do. But you have a rough idea of what they can do. So the rule of cool upsets that balance. Right. It's, if some guy makes a cool narrative of something, you let them do basically anything. That's not how this game works. So maybe instead of following the rule of cool, modify the inspiration rule and say, that's really cool. You would have earned inspiration, but I'm just going to let you roll with advantage. Yeah, that's one way to reward those players that, that really try and come up with good narratives. Because that's the thing. Some players really come up with good ideas. And then they roll the stat and they roll a three and it's like, sucks to be you. And that's a really good opportunity to make use of a variant rule using inspiration. If the player has inspiration, let them do something that they maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to do yeah but by the other the flip side of that coin is if you have some players that maybe aren't super creative or don't come up with great ideas on the spot or can't handle being in the spotlight too much they miss out on this mechanic that you're introducing they lean heavily on the expectations of the rules and for them, it is a punishment. If you have the rule of cool in place, this player now can't do any of these things that these other players can do. So the rule of cool really, not only does it imbalance the game a little bit, it really hurts those players who might not have the confidence or social skills to step up to it. And, and you want to make a place where everyone feels like they can play. So that might also be something that would show up maybe in one shots or stuff that doesn't matter as well. Yeah, it's a lot easier in a one shot or in a short event a campaign where you're only going to be playing with these characters or these players for a few episodes. It's OK to lean a little bit on that. Let's do something exciting thing. But to send us out final piece of advice that is a stand in for every single piece of advice ever that doesn't say if you're having problems with a player, pull them aside and talk to them. So you hear advice, if your player is an a-hole, kill the character. No, you no. pull them aside and talk to them. Yeah, like a human being. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been a player. and It's mostly been online games, but it's also been in person like early in my career as a player where the DM really does penalize people 
in game and treat them terribly out of game because of things that happen in the other side. Right. So someone who the player's a great player, but his he's making bad choices, his character's not so cool, they're going to treat the player terribly. Or the other way around, they don't like this player's being a jerk, so they're going to do stuff in the game to detriment the character. And basically, don't let the worlds mix. Yeah, that's always the DM's girlfriend problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But fundamentally, if you're yeah going back to what Jamie said, if you're having a problem with a player, and even if it's a problem with a character the caused by the player, talk to the player. They're people. They're just, and if a conversation doesn't fix the problem, then maybe this is not the table for them. And that's okay, too. We talked about in a previous episode, not every player can play at every table. All right. So that was another mystery demystified. Hurrah. Woo! Woo! Bad advice, go away. (laughs) This was Demystified. If you liked it, we'd appreciate it if you could leave a review or share this with your friends. Our website is demystified.com. Just the letter D, mystified.com. Do you have a question for us? Reach out via our Twitter handle at Pickled Wizards or ask on Facebook at Pickled Wizards. Same page. We might talk about your problem here.